Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Turn the Jets podcast. Turn the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Will Parkinson. I will Paul Evan on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Joined by a very special guest today, former Jets general manager, former Dolphins executive, founder of 33rd Team, and, and ESPN analyst, Mike Tanbaum. Mike, how are you doing today? It's great to be with you, Will. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Excited. And, uh, you know, we're getting into the middle of the summer here. Training camps around the corner and it's get that itch for football season. It's kind of coming back. So um, a lot of exciting stuff and, um, you know, a lot going on in the jet with the Jets and, and you know, around uh, around the NFL right now. And kind of wanted to kick you off with a, with a we'll give you a nice layup to get started. Obviously, the Jets move on from Sam Darnold, um, you know, take Zach Wilson number two overall. And, you know, he's a prospect that was you know highly regarded by most. Um, obviously, everyone has their flaws and, you know, we'll, we'll see how that kind of plays out. What's, what was your, um, what are your like realistic expectations for Wilson year one? Obviously you've dealt with the rookie quarterback, you know, high in the draft as well. So what are some realistic expectations Jets fans can, you know, expect from the young quarterback? I think he'll play well. You know, you start with Makai from a year ago. And uh, we look at what they've done with signing Morgan Moses recently and drafting Elijah Vera Tucker from USC. Combine that with drafting someone like Elijah Moore. I think be a very quarterback receiver. Um, I expect them to play well, barring something unforeseen. Yeah, no, for, for Wilson, I think the key is just keeping him healthy. I think the talent's definitely there. And, you know, obviously they've invested heavily in the offensive line, like you mentioned, and, you know, upgrading that receiver position, especially um, from kind of what was there in 2020 and 2019. Um, you know, obviously, you know, new offensive system, new offensive coordinator and new head coach and all of that type of stuff. Um, who's a guy, you know, maybe on the offense um, that kind of stands out to you? I know you mentioned Elijah Moore. That's a guy that the fans um, seem to really be gravitating towards. Is he a guy that you're really excited to watch on this offense going forward? Yeah, I think he has the versatility to play inside in the slot. So um, you take someone like Denzel Mims from, you know, last year, someone who's a little bit bigger should play outside. But I think someone like Moore has the athleticism and sort of like the movement skills where he should be productive inside and uh, I thought where they got in the second round was was good value so uh, I would expect Elijah Moore to be able to contribute uh, er early and again I think someone like him can help with uh, Zach Wilson's development. 
you know, Moore is a guy that seems like, uh, you know, watching the, the flight 2021 and listening to a little bit of the Jets uh, kind of front office staff all rated him and, you know, really highly from an analytic point of view and a film point of view. So that, I thought it was super important. Um, you know, obviously the big news in the last couple of days has been the Marcus May extension to or to not extend Marcus May. Um, a lot of stuff going on with agents and things like that. How difficult um, is it as a front office, you know, executive general manager to deal with the franchise tag and, you know, where, where you kind of rate a guy versus where an agent, you know, thinks a guy is on the open market. Is that one of the tougher, um, you know, kind of transactions to deal with as a general manager um, that you're in your experience? Yeah, it's uh, certainly challenging, but you know, if I'm Marcus May, uh, you know, they didn't get a deal done. And I think that's okay. You know, go put out another really good year and, He's still young. He's a good player. I don't know if he's a great player, but he has middle of the field range. You know, he can play in the deep part of the field, which is necessary, you know, with 65% of the game now, uh, where those are going to be in receivers. Uh, so from that standpoint, I think he has a skill set that's important, valuable player. And uh, if he can't get a deal done with him next year, then, I'm sure I'll have a time, uh, you know, a chance to test the market. So hopefully, there's a, a deal that both sides, you know, pieces over that makes sense. Because ideally, from a jet perspective, you know, you'd like to keep a player like him because you know he's someone you drafted that you hit on. Yeah, especially a second round pick, and I know you've had, some, you know, you had some success with later on guys, especially at the safety position. I think of a Kerry Rhodes. Uh, I think of it, you know, an Eric Coleman we had on, um, you know, was the, was the guys in the safety position, and it just certainly hit on Jamal Adams and Marcus May. It's it'd be a shame to have both those guys walk before getting second contracts in some fashion. Although they obviously got a massive package for Jamal Adams. Uh, you know, like 12 months ago, but um, you know, obviously the team's got a very young core and young roster. You know, you have guys like. Quinn Williams, you bring in a Carl Lawson who, you know, it's really from an analytic perspective should, you know, continue to push, um, you know, push the envelope in terms of those sack numbers because pressures, you know, win rate and all those things he's, he excelled at. Are those two guys that you expect that, you know, maybe not pro bowlers, they could be, maybe not, but guys that people around the league are really kind of buzzing about. Cause I feel like those are the two guys defensively, although CJ Mosley is coming back, but you're not sure where you're getting, but I feel like Quinn Williams and Carl Lawson are those two guys. Um, outside of the rookies, the people are really excited to watch play football in 2021. Yeah, I think that's right. I think they could all contribute. I actually think CJ Mosley's a really good player. And I think, you know, around the league, the opt outs will be interesting. You look at someone like Dante Hightower coming off of, uh, you know, opting out a year ago from the Patriots. I think he's going to have a meaningful impact. I think Mosley can too. And um, Quinton Williams is a good young player, um, has real uh, ability to be disruptive inside. And, uh, obviously Lawson's uh, a, a good pass rusher. Now I, I want to take fans, I guess we'll get, we'll get into some of the quarterback market, um, you know, a little bit, just cause it's, I think it's super interesting for hopefully what the Jets will have to deal with with getting a second contract to Zach Wilson down the line. But you obviously, you know, in your time at Jets, manager, it's, you know, was, you know, some of the, the better, <laughs> the better years and most exciting years for me as a fan. Um, and a lot of fans, you know, kind of look back at especially 2009, 2010, but 2006, I think um, is one of the more, exciting and impressive years um you know as a Jets fan you bring in that's a huge draft obviously the Brickershaw Ferguson you know Nick Mangold even a Kellen Clements who stayed in the league for a long time Brad Smith Leon Washington Drew Coleman too all guys contributed you know throughout those throughout those runs how is it you know going into those you know 2006 2007 drafts did you feel really good coming out of those drafts knowing we probably got I don't know you might have got 10 11 starters between those two drafts how did 
like, was there an instant we we nailed this, or did it take a little time to be like, wow, we nailed some Hall of Fame level players, you know, in these two drafts? Yeah, I think we felt confident with our process, and Coach Bangini had a lot to do with it, and Terry Bradway and JoJo Wooden. We had a great group of guys that, uh, you know, sort of like the nucleus of a really good coaching and personnel staff, and you know, we worked hard at it. And, you know, when you get a good process, ho- hopefully things go your way, and you get a good result, and we drafted good players that were really good guys that love football. Um, and, you know, I think that's why we were able to get guys like Brad Smith and Darrell Revis and DeBerk Shaw Ferguson and Nick Mangold. And, uh, you know, from a good process, hopefully you wind up getting the good results the way we did. You think uh, going forward, if there's ever a guy out of pit again, that just get drafted between 10 and 15 for some reason, like an Aaron Donald, Darrell Revis, people should just uh, maybe take them a little higher next time. Because it <laughs> seems like if you come out of pit and you get drafted in the middle of the first round, you're going to be the best player your position ever. <laughs> yeah, it's funny how it works out. You know, in Darrell's case, he, he was a late, he declared late. And uh, that year uh, in the Big East, there just were a lot of good receivers. So there was just some unknowns about Darrell and, uh, we felt really good about his character, his background, and his competitiveness. And obviously, that was one that worked out well. I was just going to ask you because obviously, the Jets this year they traded for Elijah Vera Tucker, and the reaction around the league was, at least from you know my understanding, great player and you know top of his position. But you know maybe that was a little too steep to give up. You know everyone kind of views it differently, and obviously, you guys gave up a decent amount to move up and get Darrell. Um, you know in that first round. How difficult is it? Is it wearing out like what we think we can get with those picks versus how much we love this player? Because I feel like from a fan's point of view, you're like, oh, they got four players. They got one, you know, but Darrell Revis obviously outweighs, you know, what, you know, maybe you'll get in the second and the fifth round. You have to really hit on those guys. So how difficult is it to kind of weigh those options of, you know, trading up, especially, you know, you made a couple of big trades up with Mark and Darrell. How, how difficult is that process to kind of weigh out, you know, in the front office? You know, you want to feel good about both the talent and the character. And um, look, you know, take Vera Tucker. If he turns out to be a 10-year starter on the offensive line, no one's going to quibble about what they gave up for him. So uh, much like with Darrell Revis. So again, when you do that, you just got to feel really good about, you know, what you gave up. Ironically, the same draft that we trade up for Darrell, we, we trade up for David Harris, which was like rare to do, but we just felt like the value was just too good. Again, both from a character and a talent standpoint. Yeah, those are those are some, those are some all-time picks. I don't think anyone's ever going to pause you for those. Um, you know, in, in terms of you know, you mentioned character a couple times, and I think something that's super interesting for you know, I kind of I've seen it, and um, you know, how difficult is it to really get a good judge of someone's character? You know, coming out of the draft, because I feel like you know, every coach is going to say, you know, this guy's the hardest worker in the room, and you know, this guy's great, and, and stuff like that. So, how difficult and how long of a process do you have to feel really good about a guy before you draft him? Because I feel like the character piece plays such a huge impact in the, you know, your future in the NFL, because everyone's talented. Everyone, you know, you know, want, you know, wants to be in the NFL. I feel like that character piece really stands out for me of the guys that make it versus the guys that don't. Yeah. So, you know, it's about an 11 month year process. Like, so the draft starts really Memorial day with your initial list for the subsequent season. And uh, I'm just a big believer in who you are in life is how you treat people that can't help you. The waiter, the waitress, the bus driver, the equipment guy, uh, the trainer. And, I think when you talk to those people, you really find out a lot about the players. Yeah, no, it's always like, uh, I remember in high school, it was always like, you are, your character is who you, or it's who you are when nobody else is watching. And I kind of taken that and it's definitely, I feel like that's kind of the same thing. It's like, you know, when it's not when the camera's on, it's when you're, you know, at the gas station getting gas and 
you know, are you saying thank you, whatever those little, those little things I think go a long way, but um, you know, in terms of, you know, one other trade, obviously one of the, you know, more famous trades in Jets history, the Brett Favre, uh, you know, trade kind of happens. And I, I don't know if you can even answer this, but obviously there was, you know, talks, you know, some talk of, you know, the Niners when they were trading for Garoppolo asked about Tom and, um, you know, that was a big story for a little while. How was there like a lot of people like, you know, asking about Aaron Rodgers at the time, um, you know, with, with the uncertainty around Brett Favre, or was it all kind of, you guys were locked on to Brett Favre and you're like, we're going to, you know, go to the Super Bowl in you know, 2008. Yeah. Our discussions really were around, starting around Brett Favre. That's fair. You know, you never know. You might, it was worth, it's worth the shot, but obviously, but you know, it, there's obviously some, you know, free agencies in another place where, you know, the Jets kind of, you know, have added, um, there's been a lot of big deals around the league and the cap going up next year. Um, it'll be interesting to see how things go. Obviously a guy like a guy like Corey Davis, somebody that maybe doesn't blow people away, you know, blow people away initially, you know, kind of went from a bust to a guy that now is kind of an underrated receiver in the league. Um, you know, do you expect him to have a big year and be the Jets number one, or is it more of like, he's going to be a really solid piece adding to, you know, the rest of that receiver room? Yeah, I think he'll be a good player. I like his size. I think he's a player that's improved since he's been in the league. You know, maybe he wasn't worthy of the top 10 pick that he was, but he is uh, a good size receiver, big catching range, good run after the catch. And again, paired up with someone like Denzel Mibbs last year, second round pick. I, I like their size. And again, I think Elijah Moore's versatility uh, to play inside with Jamison Crowder, like that gives the Jets um, some more depth at the receiver position. So I thought the Corey Davis signing made a lot of sense to me. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. And I don't think the Jets really need him to be this alpha number one receiver. I think they just need to have guys that can beat man coverage, which is something they've struggled with heavily. Um, and it'll open up both the play action game and, and kind of the, the zone wide zone run scheme, you know, Shanahan run scheme. We'll see what happens there, but um, kind of wanted to, you know, dive into a little bit of, you know, the quarterback market at the moment. I know, um, you know, people, Browns fans and Steelers fans didn't love the, uh, the Baker and Big Ben stuff. And I'm not just saying this because you're on here. I actually been kind of banging the drum about the Steelers. I wish I thought they could have moved on from Big Ben, um, you know, at the end of last year and, you know, kind of reset the reset the clock a little bit for their franchise. And, um, you know, similar with the Baker stuff, I think Baker's a good quarterback. And I think he's, you know, improved every year, but I think he's closer to his ceiling than not if he's not already there. Um, what's kind of the thinking, I guess we'll start with Big Ben of just, you know, where you kind of see the Steelers, because I feel like they're a team that is, every year they're competitive, but their roster seems to be very top heavy and kind of, they've got to pay a lot of guys and they're still paying big bet ton of money at a position where I'm not sure he's, he's really a positive for them at this time. Yeah. He's uh, like, as I've said before, great career hall of famer. They got a great coach at Mike Tomlin, but for, for me, just watching him, I just think his best days are behind him. And then I think that's exacerbated by the fact that they lost three offensive linemen and Alejandro Villanueva Marquise Pouncey, and recently David DeCastro. So when you have an aging quarterback who doesn't move as well as he once did and then getting three new offensive linemen in the same year, I think that's a real – and, uh, you know, taking nothing away from him, what he's been, you know, for his career, I just think it's going to be a, an uphill battle this year. Yeah, no, I just – it's difficult. You always think of the Steelers, and unfortunately I think you've dealt with uh, you've dealt with the Steelers too, one too many times, but, you know – I just think of them as defense and run game. And then they always had the, you know, the passing game. It was kind of the, the second option. And Eric Coleman even said like 2004, Big Ben when he was a rookie was, 
it was trying to get after Big Ben as opposed to, you know, the Super Bowl runs and things. But I'm just – it's hard for me to watch, like, Big Ben kind of decline here. And it's like they've, you know, thrown 60, 70 times in a playoff game. doesn't really seem like a recipe for success. But, um, you know, like I said, the other team in the division, um, the Browns, have got an ultra-loaded roster, and I think they've done a great job from a front office perspective. They, people have actually embraced analytics, and uh, I think that's been really exciting, you know, to watch from the outside. But – the quarterback extension market seems like the Goff and, and Wentz extensions kind of put a damper on who you extend, maybe even Derek Carr to some extent, Kirk Cousins. How difficult of a decision is this going to be for Cleveland coming up? Because you've got guys like Lamar and Josh Allen, MVP level, or have won an MVP. Obviously, Sam Darnold's struggled um, a lot, but we'll see what happens in Carolina. How difficult of a position are the Browns in? Because if they get screwed with Baker money-wise, I feel like they might be in trouble down the line. Yeah, it's a good problem to have. You know, they have a good team. And um, look, I, I would certainly try to sign Baker at a reasonable number. I would just be careful, you know, not to pay him at the top end of the market. So um, I see him more like in the Kirk Cousins sort of, you know, level more than anything else. And um, if they could get him signed somewhere in that range, well, I think that would be, you know, make smart. I think that would be a good move. Yeah, it's funny. I, I was I was talking with uh, Andy Hanson of 3013, who obviously uh, who's been on the podcast before, and he's like, they should try to get Baker done first because the second that Lamar contract or Allen contract comes out, Baker's going to have way more leverage than he did <laughs> beforehand. So we'll kind of we'll kind of see how that rolls. And um, just wanted to touch on I don't know if you have you know favorite teams you know you've been a part of, and or maybe who you view as the best team um, you know you kind of built. I, I think 2010 to me stands out as a team that. Um, was was probably the best Jets team I've been able to watch that I, I mean, I was four years old, 98 team, and it was fun going to games, but I don't know how much I really revisionistly remember. remember. How good was that 2009, 2010 team, 2010 specifically? Because I feel like there was just Hall of Fame level players all over the field and obviously disappointing to not be able to win a Super Bowl. But how good was that team beating, you know, Brady, Manning? Yeah, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was a really good team, uh, great character guys. Uh, went on the road, won a couple meaningful playoff games. You know, we beat a Patriot team that really handled us six weeks earlier on a Monday night game. So I thought it showed the toughness of the team, their resiliency, uh, really well coached by Rex Ryan, Brian Schottenheimer. Um, it was one of those things where, you know, there was a lot of talent, a lot of character. Um, and the guys were, it was a close, really close knit group from, you know, the offensive line to Sanchez, Ladane Tomlinson, Rivas. It was, um, you know, it was a lot of fun to be part of. Yeah, that, uh, that, that Hard Knocks is, I think, one of my favorite, not just because I went to Cortland and played football there and reaped the benefits of the new facilities that got built, but it's uh, it was pretty exciting to watch as a fan. And, um, you know, obviously, you know, wanted to just get a couple quick more thoughts here. AFC East kind of feels like the division's Buffaloes, and then it's a really – it's going to be a fight for second. Um, Miami's obviously got a, a very talented roster. Brian Flores is an awesome head coach, in my opinion. But, you know, they're going the dual offensive coordinator route, too. It's got some questions coming in um, in year two here with the way Herbert played year one. It's really difficult to be high on two at the moment. New England's in a weird spot where they brought in a lot. They kind of did the don't spend all your money in free agency, and that's exactly what they did. Um, how do you kind of see the AFCs playing out? I feel like it's a division that's going to be really exciting to watch in, in 2021 and going forward here with all these young quarterbacks. Yeah, should be a very competitive, hard-fought uh, division. And um, I agree, you know, Buffalo – you know, uh, at least on paper going in will be, 
the favorite. And then, uh, you know, after that, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I think New England will be better. I think Cam will be better. And uh, certainly, you know, I think uh, Miami has a good defense. And um, I think, like we talked about, I think, you know, with Zach Wilson, I think the Jets will be, you know, exciting to watch. So I think it should be a very competitive division. And just wanted to, you know, get your kind of take on, you know, I don't know necessarily um, if you have a hot take here, you don't have to have a hot take. It's totally fine. The Aaron Rodgers situation to me is super polarizing. I mean, I don't want to get into the Sean stuff because I don't know the legal ramifications. I don't want to speak on something I don't have all the knowledge of, but Aaron Rodgers seems to be a guy that the, the logical move is he's not getting traded and the Packers could play kind of hardball here because he he, they could just say, we're just going to not you know, trade you. How difficult do you think a situation the Packers front office is in and, where do you think this kind of ends up? Because I feel like it's it really changes the balance of power, right? If the Packers have Aaron Rodgers, they're a favorite. And if they're playing with Jordan Love next year, I'm, I have no idea what to expect because we've never seen Jordan Love take an NFL snap. Yeah, we'll see how it plays out. You know, he's under contract. You know, he's not a free agent. So, you know, we got to remember that uh, at the end of the day, um, Green Bay doesn't have to do anything. So if Aaron Rodgers doesn't show up, you know, they could certainly find him and, avoid some of his guaranteed money and I think that's certainly a possibility so you know we'll see how this plays out in the coming weeks yeah no I I think the, the better money is maybe he gets a, a mini little extension here and gets a little salary bump because I, I just don't know how they're going to be able to the fan base is going to let them uh, let far Ben Rogers go at, at the same time but um, last last couple of quick things here and uh, you know I was the one thing I was going to ask you is how many times you get asked about the Revis hard knock stuff. Is that something that comes up all the time? Because I feel like people really got to see how difficult of a situation being a general manager is, um, you know, and that hard knocks more so than a lot because you're dealing with an all pro level player and it was kind of front, you were front center trying to get, you know, hammer out a deal. And how difficult was that process and how much do you kind of get asked about that? Because I think that's what the, one of the biggest two takeaways everyone watches from those, those, uh, those just days. Yeah. Yeah. I get asked quite a bit about it. And, you know, I think, um, the people at NFL Films, they do a great job of kind of taking people behind the scenes. And obviously, when we signed up for that, I had, you know, no idea that, um, you know, our best player was going to be holding out. But, um, you know, I think people got to see, like, what it's really like to run a team and, you know, deal with, you know, what was a very difficult and contentious uh, negotiation. But I thought NFL Films really well handled it in a very elegant way. Yeah, no, it's, it's funny. They, uh, the diner you guys go to in there uh, has some of the best mac and cheese for people who've never been up to Cortland. So uh, <laughs> anyway, but yeah, no. And then uh, last, last two things here. I, I was trying to make a comp for a former Jets coach of, you know, who Robert Sala most reminded me of and, you know, how the kind of impact he could have. Um, part of me, you know, you instantly go to Rex just because of the defensive background, the high energy players coach. But I actually kind of get like more of a Herm Edwards type of, um, you know, kind of feel from him and just the, the fieriness, but this guy that you could wrap your arm around, that wraps his arm around a player. Who's, you know, maybe Robert Sally either remind you of, or um, how excited should Jets fans be about, you know, their new head football coach? Yeah, I think that's a great comparison. Uh, upbeat, uh, energetic guy. Uh, I think Herm's a great, great um, analogy for that. And um, I think he has a chance to be a really good coach. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm super excited. And, um, you know, last thing here, I wanted to just have you, if you wanted to, you know, give a one or two minute kind of synopsis of what the 33rd team's doing. Cause if you guys aren't following on Twitter or, you know, following some of the articles that are coming out on a daily basis and things like that, it's, it's really exciting stuff. I think it's, I kind of look at it as marrying some of the analytics with people that have, you know, 
been 10, 20 year NFL coaches, general managers, some of the names that you guys have, you know, kind of in your think tank, uh, for lack of a better term, I think is super special. If you want to just give them maybe a minute on what, you know, kind of you guys are doing, because I think if people aren't listening and reading that stuff, I highly suggest you should. Yeah, thanks, Will. That's, I think you just nailed it. It's uh, kind of a data-driven approach to look at, you know, some of the topics we just touched on. And it's, you know, a lot of our content's created by people that have actually had the positions. And uh, hopefully, like, that's what we just talked with uh, about Hard Knocks, about bringing people behind the scenes. That's what we're trying to do with the 3013. Like, actually have content uh, created by people who have had the jobs, made those decisions, and um, hopefully give people, you know, a chance of, like, again, what, what is it really like to make some of these decisions and use data as, like, sort of, like, the backbone of what we do? You know, it's awesome stuff. And like I said, I suggest people check it out. And, um, you know, obviously we really appreciate you coming on and, you know, talking a little, little tip down Jets, uh, you know, Jets history row, but also just, you know, talking about some of the you know, expectations, a lot of exciting stuff. Again, make sure you follow the 33rd team, um, you know, Twitch social pages and uh, the TikTok page is actually super exciting. They were kind of going through some of the ESPN rankings that came out and, you know, kind of going through and having re-ranking them in a style that, you know, some of the, the content creators were going through and um, obviously follow Mike on, you know, via Twitter, uh, real, you know, uh, ESPN, some of the stuff. It, it's great. And we really appreciate you coming on. And, um, you know, hopefully we'll, uh, next time we have you on, the Jets will be kind of in a good position where they're starting to creep their way back up to where you guys got them in 06 and the 2008, 9, 10. That sounds great. Really appreciate you having me on and uh, congratulations with all your success. And uh, I really admire your passion and keep it rolling. Thanks so much, and uh, I mean, I will talk to you guys uh, next week.